Thanks for being part of the BJCM community and choosing this podcast. Your host is Steve Aspinall, the chair of the British Association of Sport Rehabilitators and Trainers, and I'm delighted to endorse both BASRAT, a BJCM member society, and their conference, which is on November the 17th, 2016. It has a terrific program focusing on pain and the brain in sport and exercise and musculoskeletal conditions. There are also terrific workshops, including some Olympic success stories, and it's a great opportunity to network. So that is on November the 17th. Check out the website, Twitter page, and Facebook for Bazrat. Here's your host, Steve Aspinall. Good morning. My name is Stephen Aspinall. I'm the chairman of Bazrat. Um, we're going to be looking at uh, public health and health and well-being today. Uh, I'm extremely excited to introduce Elaine Wiley, who's one of the founders of The Daily Mile. Hello, Steve. Lovely to be here. So, Elaine, could you just tell us a little bit more about The Daily Mile and what it is and what you're actually trying to do? The Daily Mile happens every day outside in the fresh air. It's 15 minutes of physical activity And the key thing about it is that the children own it and enjoy it. It's very child-pleasing. So they walk, jog or run for 15 minutes. They're gently encouraged to run by their teacher. And usually most of them run most of the way. And what happens is that children aged 3 to 12, in four weeks of doing the Daily Mile, become fit. And so very quickly, a head teacher, a school, can have a school full of fit children in, in the nursery and the school after only four weeks. Uh, some of the listeners will be wanting to know, you know, exactly how is this implemented in schools um, and what kind of, um, kind of examples of good practice do we have? The great thing about the Daily Mail is its simplicity. It's completely simple and it happens also to be free. The barriers that we have removed um, are, are many. We tend to think that because we have a difficult and complex problem in childhood obesity and sedentary behaviour that we're going to have to have difficult and complex and expensive answers but and that has resulted in a piecemeal approach a hundred a thousand different targets and cohorts and so on instead of just children out we go with their teacher out into the fresh air so barriers that have been taken away an important one is kit there's no time wasted changing There's no cost, there's no dirty kit, there's no missing kit, there's no kit issues at all, no body image, children just go out in what they're wearing. No issues with shoes, ideally they wear trainers, but if they don't have them with them, out they go anyway and they can walk, jog or run. One of the great barriers that has been removed is fear of failure and public, um, very very public failure in in PE because the Daily Mile isn't PE, sport or cross-country. It's child-pleasing and all the children succeed. Every child, no matter their age, ability or circumstances, succeeds at the Daily Mile because they do it their way. If they have special educational needs, if they don't like sport, they take part, it's fun, it's social. And so all all that really needs to happen is at a time of the teacher's choosing, and whatever time of the day, perhaps it may be because the children are flagging a bit in the afternoon, or it may be that it's lovely weather in the morning or whatever, pencils down, out they go in line order, and then off they go and do their daily mile. It looks the same in every school or setting in the country that we've been in. The children take off, they run fast, they sometimes slow down, they talk, they chat, they laugh. Girls run in a wee bunch having a natter together. Completely simple. Um, And then 
gathered in at the end and back to class. No, no difficulty, no complications, no staff training, no um, setup, no equipment, nothing. You don't even need lines painted in the playground. And it certainly doesn't need any measurement or any statistics unless the children want to gather them and the teacher wants to gather them. There are also, as you, as you will imagine, um, benefits to the children's mental social and emotional health as well as physical and good relationships formed, supportive children, supportive teachers and the language of friendship being used, different age groups supporting each other, children involved taking responsibility for their own health and well-being, recognising that they've got a fit and healthy body and therefore more, more willing to consider the sort of food and diet that they're, they're actually putting into their bodies. And we've got lots of evidence of families being engaged and involved in this because they know that their children are fit. How far does that actually go? So if we've got children who are, who are quite kind of um, challenged in their ability to actually undertake physical activity, have you seen the Daily Mile still work in those kind of settings? Has it still been a positive um, input for them? The, the, the Daily Mile works for all children because all children do their own Daily Mile and they own it and they help to shape it. So some children who perhaps have struggle at PE, they may be overweight, they may not have the skills, they can all walk, jog or run. And what tends to happen is at the beginning, they, you know, go in, join at their own pace and then they start, they start thinking, I can go a bit faster and I can, I can do a bit better. And they go around with their friends. And so what we get are, are groups of girls running around um, having been perhaps initially less willing to take part but all children, no matter their needs, are able to do the Daily Mile and want to do it. And we've seen children with special educational needs in various settings across the country where it looks a bit different to a, a mainstream setting, but they're out there in the fresh air doing the Daily Mile in their way. So in a wheelchair, someone's pushing their wheelchair, it could be another child, in their walker, children who have not been able to walk very well, walking with a carer, then getting some independence and then actually walking or, or even jogging independently. So the, the key thing is that because it's not competitive, although it can be competitive if children want it to be and some children will compete, but by its nature it's not competitive, children don't have to have any skills, they have no pressure on them, there are no demands made on them, they're out for 15 minutes. And one of the reasons um, that, that the staff at, at at schools are telling me they think it works is because it meets the needs of childhood and all children all children occupy that hallowed zone called childhood and that I think is one of the things that's missing from the provision today um, so when you look at children what is it that they need they need simple things and they need to be out in the fresh air with their friend no pressure just all that feeling of pressure gone from them and th they can't fail so if they do for example, if it's five or six laps is a mile, in the 15 minutes, if they do three laps, they're not failing. They're, they're, they're doing their daily mile. The next day they might do four. They might want to do three. But it's entirely up to them. And with encouragement, all children respond. In, in, in our school, 420 children, the younger children aged four to seven, we took a snapshot one day in June 2015 of what they'd all achieved. So the wee ones from four, age four to seven, half of them ran a mile, a quarter ran a bit less, a quarter ran a bit more. And the older children, eight to 11 year olds, again, half of them ran a mile, 40% ran more than a mile and 10% ran less. So we've got 
8 to 11 year olds, 90% of whom every day run a mile or more and 10% run a bit less. But but again, that's fine. They're still out there getting exercise. They may do three or four laps as opposed to five, but they're, they're still out there exercising. And the hard to reach groups do do the best. And we've had evidence from around the country of transformational change in children with special needs responding to the wind in their face, a bit of rain that they never usually get wet, you know. They're not out there to get soaked, but they like being out in the weather. A bit of sunshine, fresh air, the sky, and just being out with their friends and on a regular basis. And they so look forward to it. And they so look forward to the freedom. And they consistently report feeling free. They're not free because we know that the route is risk assessed and is um, supervised by staff. But nevertheless, the children have a sense of freedom. And running is the best thing for children. I've been told that the children who do the Daily Mile have a beautiful running style because they run. The weather, what actual real impact does the weather have, especially in uh, kind of up in the northern parts of the country? Does that really cut down on the amount of time you can actually implement the Daily Mile over the winter period or not? We learn to think of the weather as a benefit, not a barrier. We know that children need to be outside. We know about forest schools. We know that they mustn't be cooped up all day. So we st when we started to look at it, we realised that the children loved the seasons and responded to them and responded to being outside. Now, no one would take the children out at 10 past nine in the morning in torrential rain so that they would be soaked all day. You wouldn't do that. And there are very few occasions, even in Scotland, uh, it's not very often when it rains absolutely all day. There's usually a window. Um, when you when you can go out. So what we said was the children were out in almost all weathers, apart from if the path was iced up or torrential rain. And what that means is the children put a jacket on if it's damp or cold. They take their sweatshirt off if it's if it's warm. And the response we get from the children to being outside is quite remarkable. And they consistently report enjoying the wind, the a bit a bit of damp, a bit of rain and um, they love the snow they absolutely love the fog and it, it's absolutely not a, a barrier at all what we found was we did a measurement at, um, at school in Scotland and in the winter classes average three and a half to four days a week and in the summer it was four and a half to five days a week in other words um, maybe a day less, maybe one outing less in the winter, and that would be caused by inclement weather. And I've been told by people who know these things that the children need to do a minimum of three daily miles a week, otherwise they won't be fit enough to do it, that they'll feel too challenged. So, But, but that was never an issue. They were always out um, four or five days a week. We need to build resilience in children, and th th they're, they're ferried from place to place. They're never out in the weather sheltering under a tree from the rain. Um, that they're indoors or they're in a car and we need to get them connecting outside and especially in inner cities and I, and what I've noticed going across the country is that um, no matter the challenges um, of the physical environment in, in, uh, in inner cities schools overcome them and get the children out and it's quite remarkable how a relatively small space can allow an entire school over the course of a day to do a very happy daily mile. We're obviously seeing some, you know, some fantastically kind of positive results. People are embracing this as well. You've had any support at the local and national level so far? It's been tremendous the support at local and national level. And what's very gratifying is that it's it's building all the time. Everyone's heard about the daily mile. I rarely meet someone who doesn't have plans to introduce it in the near future. 
And so we've had a lot of support from the local government organisation, um, from national government. We've had support from Jeremy Hunt, the health secretary. The, the education secretary endorsed it and um, wants to move it forward. It's been put in the childhood obesity strategy and that is is really, really important because when you think about the Daily Mile, is it education, is it health, and, you know, what, where does it fall? And it falls squarely in health and well-being, which bridges education and health. And so that's the sort of cooperation we're looking for and we're actually getting. And, and it's really good to see people coming together because it, this obesity problem and physical sedentary inactivity problem isn't the fault of children. And it's not the fault of adults. It's not a blame game. But we are the adults responsible for nurturing and bringing these children up. And so we have to find, we have to work together to find a solution. And one of the things that people are beginning to realise is that this, that the, the, the piecemeal approach nationally is not actually achieving results. And so more of the same is not going to improve. What we've had before, what has gone before has not worked. In fact, on our watch, children, as, as you, your listeners will know, get more overweight and obese as they go through primary school. And so we have to have a mindset change and we have to say we have to do things differently. We have to actually, as adults, cooperate, get together and find a, a solution that is not expensive and is simple. And so I've found loads of cooperation across the country. Local authorities taking it forward in different ways. So they're encouraging schools or they're having a local authority launch. We're having um, uh, tweets from the, the health secretary. Um, interestingly, Holland have just are just about to do a national launch with their organisation called JOG, which isn't about jogging, it's about children's health. So a national launch in Holland is forthcoming with all the schools doing it and um, in Belgium that has happened. So, I mean, I really do believe that we need a, a coherent national strategy that just simply asks what is the best thing for our children? Never mind, you know, all the provision, never mind all the adults, never mind um, any money, just what will work for our children? And that this the Daily Mile happens in school in the nursery where the children are every day. They don't have to be taken somewhere. Parents don't have to pay for anything. Apparently, the poorest 20% of families can afford to spend nothing in the week on access to leisure facilities. Not one penny. These children in their schools, these 20% of poorest children, every day running a mile and you know closing the gap with the children who can, who can afford, you know, whose parents can afford to, to give them everything. It's a big, big issue. Um, if you don't mind, I'd also like to add in a little bit of information from uh, a GP um, up in uh, Morecambe called Dr Andy Knox, who's actually working with the University of uh, Lancaster. And they've actually implemented the, the Daily Mile and they're actually looking at obviously publishing their results in the, in the future. Basically, they've now got 12 primary schools who are doing the um, Daily Mile. And they're incorporating 1,600 children. Um, the measures they've taken, and we're talking uh, statistical significance here, um, they've seen significant improvements in sleep, concentration, behaviour and uh, academic performance, um, including they're looking at potential rise in numeracy results, which is something, again, they're going to actually kind of explore uh, further and see, you know, exactly, you know, if there is a cause and effect there. 
Um, they're also finding as well in their area that kids are gaining stamina. Um, they're saving money on school transport and are happy to actually go out walking now for school trips. Um, and here's an interesting one. You know, you talked about the effect on the family uh, and people who are around the kids. Um, one of the head teachers up around Morecambe has actually lost three stone um, by running every day with a five-year-old. Um, and has been quoted as saying it's the single best intervention that's made it into a school in 25 years of her teaching. Uh, and they're hoping that every school around Morecambe Bay is going to have uh, the daily mile um, in the next kind of 12 months or so. Um, places like Wigan as well are also kind of rolling it out. I know we've been doing some work with Wigan and they're extremely excited as well. And so there's, there's, there's lots of, you know, kind of fantastic opportunities to help develop the Daily Mile. Um, so Elaine, so for our listeners now, if anyone does actually want to get involved in moving the Daily Mile forwards, what, what can our listeners of the BGSM actually do? I think it would be good if they could see the Daily Mile in action so that they could see exactly what it is because people have an image in their head often of what it will look like but unless you see it, you, you might think it looks like cross-country or sport or something like that. But it, you know, So try and see it in action in a school that's doing it. Uh, but engage with schools and head teachers and school staff because it's schools that have to implement the Daily Mile and there are loads of pressures on schools and head teachers. And we're asking for 15 minutes of the curriculum a day. The benefits are enormous, but nevertheless, schools have to find these 15 minutes for every class. So um, I think spread the word, be aware of, of how good it actually is. Find out you know, from schools who are doing it um, about the transformational change in their children and then engage with head teachers and, and uh, you know, suggest perhaps that they dip their toe in the water. A class, for example, one class, one year group giving it a go, or maybe reception children and year six doing it together to, to kick it off in a school. Um, we've got a website, www.thedailymile.co.uk, which has all the resources that a school or school community would need to implement the Daily Mile, and all the, 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 the advice, all the core principles that they would need to stick to to make it work. One thing I would say is resist the, the temptation to overcomplicate the Daily Mile. Don't add bells and whistles. The key thing is that the children are out running with their friends in the fresh air. It doesn't need lots of measurement. It doesn't need um, any jazzing up apart from things that the children might want to do. So they might want to, for example, take, a, take stopwatches out on a Friday or run with their buddies on a Monday. Um, but you know, things that the children want to do, little and in, tiny incentives that, that, that they want and that mean something to them that are child-pleasing. But essentially, keep it simple. Just get them out, run, 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 walk, 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 jog, 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 and get back into class. Excellent. Um, I'll, I'll just add to that as well that, you know, Basrat is uh, um, one of the Daily Mile partners and um, we're more than happy to kind of coordinate researchers. If you are working in a, a university setting or you work with researchers and you want to actually get in contact with other people who are going to be collecting data on how the Daily Mile is actually working and the results, um, then please do contact us. If you just go to um, basrat.org or just type us into Google, um, we'll come straight up, send us an email 
um, and we can have a chat to you about the kind of uh, outcome measures that are, are being used and the kind of research that is actually um, being carried out at the moment. And obviously, if you're interested in getting involved in that, that kind of research, and again, obviously, we're, we're more than happy to facilitate that. Um, just as a, a kind of a, a final point here, Elaine, um, could you just summarise um, a few key take-home messages for the listeners uh, about the Daily Mile? I think um, an absolute key is, a key message is to stick to the core principles. Keep it fun, 100% inclusive, treat the weather as a benefit, not a barrier. Use your playground uh, to, to make a track, you can paint it on or not. Keep it quick and concise, 15 minutes, no warm-up, no um, warm-down. Do a risk assessment for your path or track, involve the children in that. Um, no kit required, just school clothes. Let the children own it and keep it simple. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. You know, just get out there, talk about it, spread the word, and let's see if we can actually do something that's that's going to affect generations to come as opposed to these kind of short-term strategies we've had in the past. Yeah. Um, and uh, I look forward to seeing how it develops, and it's something that's going to be really exciting. Um, thank you very much for joining us, Elaine. Um, it's been absolutely brilliant. And uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. That's superb. Thank you. Goodbye. You can follow BJSM on Twitter, Facebook, and we have over 250 podcasts for you to check, and the app is a great way to do that. So thanks for listening today, and I do hope you get a chance to have an active day. Bye.